Designated Drinker Show. I am Louise Salas, your host on the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. With me is a true force of nature. If Laura Croft, Julia Child, and Princess Leia be wrapped up into one, it might, they might make her, maybe. I have the Mixtress DC, my friend Gina with me. Oh my God, Louise. Yes, Laura Croft is totally into it. I wish I could scale a wall or fit in pants like that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> pants, I'll take the pants. <laughs> well, I will I will just be your Chewbacca as long as you're Princess Leia. You'll be my Chewie? Yeah, I'll be your Chewie. I love that. Can you make the noise? No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Me neither. Um, I think I sound like a like an ostrich getting getting it from behind. Yes, I don't know. exactly. I'm not really sure. Or just just say his last goodbyes. Um, so um, I'd like to think of us as both pretty strong women in our own ways, and that we both work very hard. We take risks, and uh, we believe in helping others, and you know, putting a hand out and helping others, especially to the people in our industry as well as to each other. And I really think that's a true part of who we both are. Um, Agreed. And so I'm really excited about um, introducing our next designated drinker um, because she is a, you know better than I, she's a very successful woman. She's an innovator, a mentor, an entrepreneur, and uh, from what I understand, your true inspiration. Um, and so, mentor. And mentor, yes, yeah, she was in that, it was in the list. I uh, know, but she's, I want to say it again. Say it again. Say it again, Sam. Mentor, got it. <laughs> so, please welcome our next, our next designated drinker, entrepreneur, restaurateur, chef of JL Restaurant Group, Jamie Leeds. Yay! Hello, hello. Welcome Thank you. Show. Absolutely. Thank thanks, you. Thanks for letting us belly up to your bar. Sure, no problem. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. So, um, listeners, just you know, she when I said she's uh, very successful, that's pretty much as an understatement. Um, she's got many restaurants under her belt and a craft bar, a cocktail bar. I'm going to let her tell you the rest, but uh, know that we are uh, honored by your presence. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, let's start from, from where we are today. We're here at the wharf down at uh, Hanks on the Wharf, uh, my latest baby. Um, we've been open now uh, seven, eight months, and we're standing outside in a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere overlooking the river. And um, the Potomac River? The Potomac River. Potomac River. Potomac River. Potomac Washington, River DC, yes. Washington, D.C. And um, so this is my sixth, well, my fifth restaurant because I can't really call the cocktail bar a restaurant. Um, <laughs> food. But yeah, we do. Um, but so this is the sixth restaurant. I started, I never thought I would, I would get this far. Um, I started cooking. I, I've been a chef for, you know, over 30 years. Um, and I started cooking in New York City. Um, took to it, didn't train, didn't go to culinary school. I was actually in advertising, got <laughs> fired from my job. Sounds and you know, <laughs> yeah, wanted, wanted to take the summer off and collect unemployment. And my sister called me and said, hey, there's a restaurant downstairs on the Upper West Side of New York, and I think you should take a, a jab at it. And I, and I thought, oh, I don't really want to work, but all right. Um, so I went and they hired me and one thing led to another and I just took to it. I loved it. And, in the, and this was in the mid 80s. 
and there weren't very many women chefs, um, you know, successful women chefs. There was Julia Child, um, there was Alice Waters, um, there was Barbara Tropp at the time, uh, Lydia Bastianich, but not, you know, not as many. So few. Um, so I didn't really know if it was something that I could make a, a career out of. Um, but I loved it so much, I couldn't not do it. It's kind of like it found me. Yeah. And I just feel very lucky yeah. that it found me. So I started cooking in this little place and I was I took over the kitchen after a couple Poor of months. Me. It was called the Popover Cafe <laughs> and on the Upper West Side. And um, from there, I, you know, I couldn't afford to go to culinary school. So I um, read in the paper an article about this French restaurant called The Terrace that took in apprentices and taught them all about French cuisine. And so I went, I interviewed, and they usually just hired, um, they didn't hire any women actually at that time, wow. uh, but they did hire me. And Amazing. you know, yeah, like I say, it's just like, I kind of all fell into place. And so I was a commis, they call them commis. It's a French for apprentice basically. And so I worked through all the stations and that's where I learned technique, French technique. I worked in uh, garmanger, patisserie, I did butchery, I did um, saute, I did the grill. I went through, I went through all the stations and it was a, it was a huge, um, huge uh, learning experience for me. I, I loved it. And so in lieu of school, I was able to do that. And How many years did you do that? I did that for about a year. And I was making shit money. I mean, I was making, you know, I could hardly, actually, I was getting help from my partner at the time, uh, my girlfriend, and because I couldn't afford to, to live. So um, I started thinking, I got to start making some money because, but you can't really get into this business to make money. No. Nope. I mean, it, it, it's not, it's not the, the way to make money. I, if you want to make money, I don't suggest getting into the <laughs> restaurant business. Um, yeah, do something else. Yeah, um, but it's a, very, it's, a, it's a very hard way to make money. Let's put it that way. Um, so then I um, I worked my way up. I, I got a, um, a gig with uh, Danny Meyer at Union Square Cafe and worked my way up the stations there, became sous chef, had a very good relationship with Danny, and he became my mentor and sent me to France. I worked in France for a year, worked my ass off, again, mostly with other guys, and just keeping my head down and working. And um, worked my way through, came back to the States, went and worked for Richard Melman. Danny hooked me up with Richard Melman at Let Us Entertain You in Chicago. Um, and he taught me a lot about the, the runnings, uh, the, the financials, and the actual um, workings of the business side of restaurants because I had the creativity and the experience, the cooking experience under my belt, but I didn't know, you know, anything about the numbers. That's a huge learning curve uh, as a creative director myself. It's, it's, it is that, that's the other side. I mean, you have all these wonderful, great concepts and ideas, but very few can actually take that turn and go into the business side because it is on the other side of the brain. Exactly. And so it it's is, right side and left side exactly. brain. So it's very hard to find a, you know, a really great creative chef that knows the numbers yes. and vice versa. Yeah. It's always a challenge. Yeah. So when I first opened Hank's, you know, I had always wanted to open my own restaurant. So I, I came to DC. Um, I found the opportunity. Wait, wait, did you go to oh. John George first? Well, no, I almost worked for John George. Um, I could have worked for John George, but instead I decided to work for Rich. 
and and um, go to Chicago and learn that side of the business. Um, and I, you know, I could have worked for a couple of other people too, but um, I wanted to learn the, the business aspect because I wanted to own my own restaurant, and yeah. I knew that had to be done. It's really it's amazing that you had that foresight too. Yeah, much younger, right? Yeah. And and yeah. to say no, there's a whole side of this that I don't know that is going to be pivotal. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in my early that. 30s at the time, and so I worked my way up through with with Rich, and then went back to New York and tried to open my own place, and I couldn't get it done. Uh, I couldn't find the money, so I was consulting and opening restaurants for other people, making other people a ton of money. Yeah. And. Um, and then I had the opportunity to come to DC as a consultant and open 15 Ria, and um, went off with a bang. And that's where I met Gina. And <laughs> Gina was my bartender. And I was not a bartender then. I was somebody that sat behind the bar and didn't know what I was doing. So I brought in fresh seasonal produce into the bar program there. Yep. And that was kind of the first time that DC had kind of experienced that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. My, can I just say one thing? My yep. favorite thing about Jamie, Jamie was a force to be reckoned with. Like, like DC never saw a woman shop like like her back then when we first when she first came here and 15 Maria opened, and um, I was used to like you know, the people in in DC like let me get a drink, let me get an old fat an old fashioned here was, you know, some version at that point of soda water, maybe ginger ale and, you know, a cherry. Right? It wasn't like an actual old fashioned. <laughs> So Jamie had this cocktail list. I've never seen anything like it, right? And she's like, okay, did you learn your drinks? And I'm like, I've been working for like two weeks. She's like, yeah, got the drinks. She's like, all right, make them all for me. All of them. I was like a service bar, a little sweaty. I was like, what? <laughs> so you make all the drinks. So I started making the drinks. And there was a drink on there. It's called a blueberry smash. And I took all the blueberries and I threw them in a glass. And it had like mint and rum and sugar and threw everything in there and I shook it in the shaker tin. I never did anything. This I handed it to her. This was like 15 years ago. Yeah, you, more. Years. Yeah, more. 16 years ago. Yeah, yeah, 16 years ago. And I handed her a bag of glass. I roll it in the tin. I give it to her and she looks at me and she looks at the drink and she looks at the manager. She goes, she's not trained. Now, she didn't talk to me. Yeah. She said, she's not trained. She turns to me and goes, do you understand what smash means in the English language? And I said, it means to mush it. She goes, did you mush any of these? And I said, no, she goes, what's well, in the name? It's a blueberry smash. <laughs> she pushed the drink. She never tried it and she walked away. And the bar manager went crazy. He was like, I told you how to make the drink. You need to blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it was, but it was that day that I learned what, um, yes, I, my, I grew up in a restaurant. My father was, my father was a cook. Nobody in my father's restaurant ever called him chef. They called him Victor or a cook, you know, or, or you know, the, the manager. And like, I didn't understand what yes, chef meant until being there. Yeah. And like, that was the truth. And that was the first time I understood and went into the kitchen, apologized to Jamie. She made me cry a river of tears. <laughs> and I learned. I and she remember goes, that. And she, yeah. And she <laughs> said, do you understand? What, do you understand? And I said, yes. She goes, yes, what? And I go, the chef. And when I understood what that meant, and I, I really took that to heart because it was really a respect. It had nothing to do with you know, all of this, like, like any kind of, like, you know, I'm ego. better than you or any of that stuff. Ego. It wasn't that. It was a, a chain of command that needed to happen in a restaurant and, like, how it happens and the allocations of it. But also, like, what she created and wanted to be portrayed as her. Yeah. And, like, I, and, and anybody, really, anybody in that position. And, like, that was the first time I had to say that I understood 
that I definitely fucked up and that I knew that I didn't want to do that again and I never wanted to be on her bad side again <laughs> because that was not a pleasant situation to be in and it was not fun for anybody and like I saw how much pain it like brought her to like yell at anybody because yeah. she really isn't like Jamie was ne- is and still is not that person and she she brought like the knowledge to you more than she ever brought the punishment does that make yeah. sense kind of instill that but that's instilling and sharing of knowledge sometimes it, you know sometimes it comes you know love, yeah, sometimes love can it's be tough like, it's tough love yeah it's exactly. tough love and you know you know you have to you have to figure out how people can hear things you know and and sometimes people need to hear it a little bit more aggressively than others but um, you know that was back in the in the old day, and I feel old days, and I feel like I have definitely, I have definitely um, grown in my in myself and in my own skin and in my leadership, um, and uh, you know I've learned that it's it's about empowering people. Yes. And that's what I've really taken to heart in this journey. And I've really, um, like, I'm there for Gina whenever she calls me with questions about business. You know, I'm there for my for my chefs and and managers and out in the in the world. Um, Your you know, friends that own businesses. My friends that own businesses can call me anytime, and they know it. And I and I and I like to impart the knowledge that I've gained because I have worked my ass off to to grow this restaurant group into a very successful restaurant group. And, you know, um, I, I feel like it's important to support women in the industry and make sure that women have a source of, um, of information because there are so few women that own restaurant groups in the country. And, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot easier and it's a lot more comfortable for women to go go get help from another woman um and uh so that's well, very you important greater, you to me you have a greater understanding of what it means to walk through those shoes i mean yeah. as much as we want to be as general neutral and gender neutral in certain situations it's just not there right and that you don't have you have so few women that you can go and speak to and talk to and and the trials and tribulations not to make it trite but there are they're very different than than a man's um walk through life it's yeah just the fact of life just, on, on many levels it's just and the way it is yeah it is which is, is you know it's fine and you know but i just want to create more of a a smoother path for for women to come up in in the business. Yes, and I think it's so so important, especially because there are. That's the difference. Um, that's when you become a really good leader, though. And I have to applaud you for that because to understand the difference is that yes, you've made it, but you can make it so much easier for everyone else. You don't have the ego doesn't come into play that you can't take your hand and reach back and help somebody else yeah. and share that knowledge because it would have been easier if, if you had had that. So the fact yeah. that you can do that. Um, I applaud you for that. Thank you. That, again, that is a sign of a good leader. Thank you. Absolutely. It's important to me. I mean, it, it feeds me as well. It feeds my soul. And it Absolutely. Feeds, you know, it's, it's um, you know, I always want to give back as yeah. much as I possibly can. It's a selfish, a self, shel- huh. selfish act. No, it's a, it's a sh- no, you're right. It's a shelf- selfish act. It's a selfish act. And that's why they're trying to do it. Hank's about it. Welcome here. Hello. We're selfish. <laughs> we are. We're selfish. Yes. Oh, very yes. shellfish. I love to be shellfish. <laughs> so how, speaking of so. shellfish, how did you end up, when, 
when did you make the journey where you like do your cooking experience and you go, no, it's going to be seafood. This is the space and I'm going to make my mark. Like you're at 15 yeah. what happened? Well, I, I never like to lock into a concept first and then find a space for it. You know, my thing is find the space first, because the thing about the, the space and the le lease that you negotiate can make or break your business. So if you are set on a certain concept, like Italian, let's say, and you find it a perfect space and then there's an Italian restaurant right next door. Yeah. Are you not going to be flexible enough to change your concept? So I found the location first and it was a um, it was, you know, DuPont Circle on 17th and Q. And um, and I had had some desire to do. It was it was also a very shellfish uh, <laughs> desire because um, in New York, when I lived in New York City, my favorite place to go to was Pearl Oyster Bar. And um, I was friends with the owner and she also helped me with the business plan and all that stuff. And I kind of um, realized when I came to D.C. that there were very few neighborhood restaurants. There were big box stores downtown. Um, a lot of chains and fine dining places, but no like casual neighborhood restaurants. So, and I love, and I miss going to a place where you can get really great seafood and oysters and shellfish and, um, <laughs> you know, have a casual vibe and New England style. So I thought this would be a perfect place for this. And um, so that's why I did it. And I- That's your true entrepreneurial side. That's your true entrepreneurial spirit. That yeah. That there was a, there was an opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and at the time, Ann Cashin had um, um, uh, Johnny's, Johnny's half shell. shell. Sorry, yeah. Johnny's half shell, and um, you know, I talked to her about it, and I got her blessing, and um, I, I was very excited uh, to do it. And the neighborhood just welcomed me with open nice. arms, and we were, you know, had lines out the door from the very beginning. And I opened that space. I purposely did it in a very small footprint. For, what it was, was like 55 seats. Yeah, but what was the, the actual square footage? It's uh, about 1,800 square feet. A little yeah. right, one time. Yeah. So, so I was. So I wanted yeah. to do it that way because I wanted to be able to do the fryer, do the line, expedite, seat people, and shuck all at the same time if I had to. Oh, my God. Because I, I, I knew I could do that. As, you know, and I, I almost had to do that a couple of times. Um, but... Um, then we had the opportunity to expand and I doubled the size of the space. Um, we were able to get another space uh, in Old Town that grew organic. You know, it all just happened very organically. There wasn't a plan in place. Um, until now, now I'm at a point in, in my career and in the growth of the group where I have a, you know, I'm working on a growth plan for us because we have a trajectory to grow and to expand and have so many opportunities at hand. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, so in the growth aspect of the business, you know, I took a look at things a couple of years ago and I realized that, you know, if I'm going to make this happen um, and really grow with, you know, the passionate, um, creative, ambitious people that I have working for me, I gotta take care of myself. Yes, that's a, that is, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. in looking at, you know, in looking at my health, I really took a, took a good look at my health and I realized, you know, I got to take a, take a healthy direction. So I got, uh, I, I had weight loss surgery mm -hmm. 
I lost 145 pounds, which really changed my life around 180. I had energy and I was pain-free. I, I was in a lot of pain. I have very bad arthritis. I couldn't walk. I was, I was in chronic pain for years. That totally went away. Wow. All my levels went back up. I was, I was very healthy, and that was uh, about five years, four and a half or so years ago. Um, been that long I know, I know. That's amazing. So I did that, and then I also looked at, you know, what else I was doing. I stopped drinking. I stopped drinking alcohol um, almost a year ago, and that's been really a, a great uh, thing too. It's been, it's been very. Um, a cleanse. It's been a cleanse. Yeah, it's been you know my mind is much more clear and I have a direction now that I can really, really take hold of and and have confidence that we will go in that direction. Nice, nice. It's, it's um, funny how your life, the journey, where it takes you, and then along the way where you find these moments of clarity and and it's and it's it, it's your personal journey. It's what yeah. was right for you at that time. Yeah. And, and now you're on this side saying, yes, that all of that was the right thing. And that's, that's, that's awesome. It's really awesome. Because being a leader of your own ship sometimes, that's the hardest one, though. It is hard. Yeah. It's hard and, and satisfying at the same time. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of refreshing. Well, I have a challenge today. Yes. You know, I don't, I normally like the libations, but what we're going to do is we're going to make a non-alcoholic refresher. Nice. That you can make alcoholic or non-alcoholic and have some goodies in there um, and some things that are antioxidant and just good for you. Wonderful. Ready? Let's do it. Let's all right. Do it. All right, Gina. It's all you, sister. All right. So I'm standing behind the most beautiful bar, by the way, and I'm looking out on the wharf, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> See, I love it. It's a treat it. for you, too. Yeah, it so is a have, treat. We have a walk-up bar at the wharf. We're the only ones down here down here that have a walk-up bar. So you can stand so outside fun. and order from inside. It's cool. It's, nice. it's, really, it's, kind of, it's really amazing, honestly. And this is my view every day. I feel like I would, you know, maybe come to work on time in my own restaurant. <laughs> anyway. So what do you so, got? So let me tell you what's in here. So we're doing like an antioxidant, kind of like food for you and stuff like that, right? So we have in there two ounces of grapefruit juice, two ounces of carrot juice, a little bit of turmeric. Um, then we have five raspberries whole. And now I'm adding ice. I'm going to put a pinch of um, cinnamon on top of this. And we're going to shake the drink. And you said a pinch of cinnamon? Pinch of cinnamon, powdered cinnamon. Nice. And we're gonna shake the cocktail. Now, like one thing that uh, people don't realize that I love is like cinnamon is such a great thing to do with like raspberries, different flavors, um, grapefruit. And then we're gonna add um, with the cinnamon just a little bit of rosemary. Mm, we'll put it in there on top. I love when she puts any I love kind of that savory, the savory so aspect. We're gonna do savory, a little carrot, you know, citrus, everything all together. But all of those things are just like wellness things, like make you feel good, healthy, cleansing, you know, mind, spiritual smells, all those kind of things all together. And I really love putting something in that aspect. You know, in um, in like in uh, Mexico. They really use cinnamon in different things, and a lot of it has to do with like different uh, spirituality, ceremony, you know, stuff like that. And like, we we as a culture should embrace those kind of embodiments, um, especially when we're trying to cleanse or be pure or purify our souls or surroundings. So I'm straining this into a tall glass, which actually has a really pretty gold rim. You do not need a gold rim in order to make this cocktail. But if you do, send me a picture because I'd love to see it. Gina loves her glassware. I do, I do, that's for sure. So the reason why we didn't muddle the um, raspberries is because it literally will break up themselves and you're not going to bruise them too much. 
If you notice, we've not added any sugar to this drink. So it's gonna be tart, long, and uh, just, you know, a little bit acidic. And it's hot outside, so it'll be nice. So now we're gonna take some ice and put it on top of the drink. Such a pretty color. It really is, right? The raspberry and the carrot and everything all together. It's kind yeah. of, a, I would call that color papaya. Ooh. Well, fake, I'm gonna call it fake papaya. So now, <laughs> it's a DC papaya. So now in this drink, I, I like using um, uh, seltzer water or uh, sparkling water from either a can or a bottle just because the carbonation in it generally seems to be a little bit more uh, stronger. And then just because obviously I have to garnish everything, we're gonna do uh, two raspberries on the top and then we're gonna do a sprig of fresh rosemary that's not just for looks, though, because I love the aromatics of those when you put always, herb on always. top of a drink. And just so we know, we're in a um, straw-free environment, or are we straw-free not yet? Absolutely. Straw-free. Straw-free. Yeah. We should all be straw-free. Straw-free environment. That is gorgeous. So to get Gina's recipe, head on over to designateddrinker.show. That's designateddrinker.show. Now it's time to taste. Okay, let's taste. Right. Let's see. Okay. Here we go. Okay, cheers. Mmm. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you even tell me if you ate it. I don't even know. I don't know. It is a floral it's got, flavor. Yeah, it's got a nice um, savory component. It's not sweet. It's not sweet at all, which I love because usually when you get um, mocktails, when I order mocktails, they're always, you know, like juices just kind of mixed together. Fruit yep. juices mixed together. Oh, yeah, so, and this is this is delicious. You can really you can taste the raspberry in there and then the, the hint of rosemary is wonderful. It is. I love that herbalist. Like herbalist. I think it's fun for me. Yeah. Like, I'm wrong, wrong, wrong. I think that people, <laughs> like, everyone should try this. Honestly, like something at home and everything like that is like using carrot juice is a great middle ground yeah. for when you don't know like what to do for like a mocktail. You don't need to put, as Jamie was saying, like, you know, Sprite or some kind of sugary something or a simple syrup. Right. You can use things that are just sweet on their own. But and the like, natural sweetness of the carrot. And, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you want it sweeter, you know, one thing that's really lovely with carrots, like, it's just adding honey. You always add a little bit of honey, and like the honey is natural and it's also cleansing and good for you. So if you were going to put a spirit to this in it, I mean, really simply, you could just add an ounce and a half of gin or vodka, a nice white oh, yeah, spirit. Yeah, vodka would do really well. Yeah, with this. vodka would be really beautiful. With this. But as yeah. soon as you don't want to really take away from the actual flavor of it, and like it wouldn't damage the body of the um, the parachutes. Nice, nice. So on that note. <laughs> Unless you got anything else, Gina? Oh, can I stay here? Sure. Then that's all I have you. So again, well, you know, one good thing? We don't have to do last call because, you know, we're with the owner of El the joint. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all shall, night. Shall all we night uh, hit the oyster bar then? Oh, sure. Let's have some oysters. Let's do it. Shuck on. Let's shuck them on. Oh, good God. You guys are so selfish. Bye. Shuck, yeah. <laughs>